0: Hello everyone, so I decided to talk more about the statutory rapes that uh, happened to me, involuntarily speaking, forced against my will, I repeated myself for the emphasis of empathy that I need, and people like me need more importantly, so... I remember where you know, in terms of the tutoring, they'll have me in their homes, apartments, houses, condominiums, townhouses. Some had large houses, not exactly mansions. And some of them had penthouse type apartments, penthouse suite type apartments. It just looked very luxury. Luxurious I should say to be grammatically accurate and uh, the kids when they would come by their room that I was in with them um, they would make it look like they had um, you know homework assignments and uh, you know uh textbooks but when the kids were, you know, that way the kids would go oh wow one of the reasons Tony was excelling in school because of the but in reality it had everything to do with being sexually assaulted, raped. So when the kids would walk away, our clothes would be taken back off. When the kids would come by, all our clothes would be quickly put back on. When the kids were away, our clothes would be quickly off. And I remember that when the kids were in the house, the apartments, um, they would They would have me and them keep our volume down While they were raping me And forcing me to Have sex with them A few times Kids are like, what's that squeaking sound? Or what's that Moan sound, and they would go, "Oh, we were so happy that Antonio got this question right on his um, pop quiz that I'm give- that I gave him, which turned out to be an obvious lie to us intelligent humans." And they would keep, have us keep our, our volume down even more after that. When the kids were not in the home, I remember that they, they had us being very loud grunting, groaning, moaning, screeching, screaming, hollering. Doing rape culture's versions of dirty talk, flirty talk, erotic talk, porn talk. The uncensored styles of speech in a with sexual overtones and sexual undertones. And then I remember uh They forced me to have sex with them in every room of their apartment room their home only when the kids were gone. Their kids would be with their, their grandparents or at their friends' homes with their friends' parents there or they would be in after school programs or they would be with the adult friends of the statutory rapist women be at their homes and and hanging out with them because their adult friends had children and they like, hey, we can all hang out and go to like a carnival or. A amusement park, those type of things. And that's how I would be um, victimized by statutory rape by them. Some of them were... Most of them had a regular world of work job. Uh, A handful were entrepreneurs self-employed. Um, some were making money from social security because of Some, you know, some didn't have the best of health. Um, Some had physical limitations. Most didn't, but a, a little bit of them did. And some had children. And children with some, a little bit had children with uh, physical health issues, and then some didn't have a man in the house. Um, you know, because they were some were single parents, special widows, they're able to. Get some kind of social security compensation, um, because there's there the other parent when they were in a serious relationship with each other, some married some not be married. Their sole support was the man. The man was the provider, breadwinner. So when he when they died or they just ended their relationship. And the man decided to leave his whole family. They were, she had, and she didn't make a lot of money. So that's how she was able to get social security. And then, um. Some that were upper class. Some were upper class. Some. Some were middle class. Some were low income. The ones that were low income. They were the. They tended to make money for social security. Um, Less than a handful were members of the 1%. But most were not. I remember this is me talking completely off the top of my head. I remember some of the statutory rapists were elderly women. Most were middle-aged women. A small portion of the statutory rapists women were twenties and thirties. A much smaller portion of statutory rapists were eighteen and nineteen and, um, Some some of the elderly women were single. The rest were either married or in a common law marriage or of domestic partnerships where we lived together, we're a couple, we lived like a couple, but they just weren't married. And, um, I just remember, um, the rapes would happen in their homes. When their family was over, they would. I was the tutoring student or I was a young person that they were mentoring. That was the lie. I didn't come over so much that alarms and suspicions. I came over in patches, but for the most part, they would have me over when no one was in the house. Every now and then they would see me. That's why they never suspected anything because we didn't cuz they didn't behave in a way that would make them go, "Okay, she's torturing him unlawfully." We really didn't make any noise. So there was no sense of Let's arrest her and let's help him get therapy and counseling. I then remember that um I most of their partners I never met because they would sneak me into their home when their partners are not in the home. If their partner's making a grocery run or going to the mall to get something, but most of their partners to meet, uh, in passing I met them in a hi and bye, how you doing, good, good kind of thing. Oh, you're, you're mentoring, okay, okay. Kind of like that But I didn't come over so much Where it's like What is going on The partners didn't suspect anything Or if they did They kept it to themselves But Because they they, The partner The statutory therapist one more lie to the partner Saying oh um, I, I, I usually mentor him at school But sometimes He comes home from school early Because you know Of his schedule So I have him over here um, For a little bit So he can um, Get more Like helping him with school supplies Type of thing And they would see You know actual school supplies in my bag But they It weren't their school supplies It was mine But like I'm just Helping him out with school supplies. And I have some in the house. That's so why I have him come over. He can get the stuff. And I didn't... I wouldn't stay long when I was... When I, when I was in the home. and their partners and family were there. It was a quickie type rape. Rape for two, five minutes. Then they'll have me go. Or when everybody was gone... I was there for at least in half an hour, sometimes an hour, then I would go home. Usually, most of the time I would not stay an hour, maybe like a half an hour, and then I would go home. You know, train station, that type of thing. Usually when I would catch the bus, home from high school to where I lived, um, that wouldn't happen now. Um, I would say it didn't, usually it didn't always happen to statutory rapes. It kind of happened here and there because my parents picked me up from school when I would have um, aftercare stuff. So the times where I had to take the train home, which wasn't often, that's when the statutory rapes would happen, but usually it didn't. I just remember... Um... How many statutory rapists? Try to remember. At least at least twenty. Maybe a little bit more, but at least twenty. So the statutory rapes didn't happen very often because. Again, my parents would pick me up after basketball practice, softball practice, track practice, but when I had to, you know, sometimes I had to take the train home because of their workload that day or whatever happened that day, that's when it happened. So it didn't happen very often, but in my mind, it felt like it was happening all the time because of the re-traumatization, traumatization, traumatization, victimization, re-victimization. So, um, and the reason why I am telling these stories is because, um, As I remember more A lot of people will say Wow we first start telling these stories Your details kept changing When you're a survivor The more you remember The more accurate Your memory becomes So we're not lying When we tell these stories it's You remember what you remember at that time The more you heal The more Sequential in certain cases your memories are So you say what you say At the time because that's what you truly Remember at the time But as we Reflect more and heal More and experience restoration The memory becomes Clearer and clearer and clearer And the fog of the events Of the memories Reduce over time So That's what it's like being a abuse survivor I've had these were repressed and suppressed memories I had for years. I'm just now, this, you know, saying fully. This is the whole story. I told most of it in my um, first Amazon book, "Daughters My Super Blessing," Volume One book. You're getting the rest of what I didn't write. I'm actually saying it right now. So um, I I truly feel that 18 years of age should be. The age of consent in all countries, all counties, all states, all cities, all continents, and all islands. Many people are wondering, how am I healing from the statutory rapes that happened to me? I found a biblical passage, since you know I grew up Christian because of my grandmother, that fully resonates with me, fully is relevant to me, and is fully relatable to me. First Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. This is how grown women should treat adolescent males. Grown women should never victimize teenage boys with, uh, with objectification. In other words, grown women should never be in the act of treating a teenage boy ...as an object... ...nor as a thing. Grown women should never victimize... ...teenage boys... ...with dehumanization. In other words... ...grown women should never be in the act of disavowing the humanity... ...of teenage boys... Grown women should never victimize teenage boys with sexual objectification. In other words, grown women should never be in the act of treating a teenage boy as a mere object of sexual desire. Grown women should never victimize teenage boys with self-objectification. In other words, grown women should never stimulate the act of the objectification of the teenage boys' self. Grown women should never victimize teenage boys with reification. In other words, grown women should never be in the act of the objectification of the social relationships of teenage boys. Grown women should never victimize teenage boys with commodification. In other words, grown women should never treat a teenage boy as a commodity nor as an object without regard to their personality and their dignity. Grown women should never victimize teenage boys with instrumentality. In other words, grown women should, should never, ever be treating teenage boys as tools for their purposes. Let me say it differently. grown women should never be treating the teenage boy as a tool for their purposes. Grown women should never victimize teenage boys with denial of autonomy. In other words, grown women never should be treating the teenage boy as lacking in autonomy and self-determination. Grown women should never victimize teenage boys with inertness. In other words, grown women never should be treating the teenage boy as lacking in agency and activity. (sighs) Grown women should never victimize teenage boys with fungibility. In other words, grown women never should be treating the teenage boy as interchangeable with parentheses other objects. Teenage boys are humans. Fully human. Grown women should never victimize teenage boys with violability. In other words, grown women never should be treating the teenage boy as lacking in boundary, integrity, and inviolable, as something that is permissible to break up, smash, break into. That should never happen to teenage boys because of grown women. Grown women should never victimize teenage boys with ownership. In other words, grown women never should be treating the teenage boy as though he can be owned, bought, and sold, such as slavery. Grown women should never victimize teenage boys with denial of subjectivity. In other words, grown women never should be treating the teenage boy as though there is no need for concern for his experiences and his feelings. Grown women should never... Never victimize teenage boys with reduction to body. In other words, grown women never should dish out the treatment of a teenage boy as identified with his body and his body parts. Never, ever victimize teenage boys with reduction to appearance. In other words, grown women never should dish out the treatment of a teenage boy, primarily in terms of how he looks and how he appears to the senses. S-E-N-C-S-E-N-S-E-S, actually. s e n (laughs) SES. <laughs> Lastly, grown women should never victimize teenage boys with silencing. Never, ever. In other words, grown women never should dish out the treatment of a teenage boy as if he is silent, lacking the capacity to speak. So, how should a grown woman, grown women treat teenage boys? Comes to teenage boys, grown women should be well behaved, verbally and nonverbally; lawful, verbally and nonverbally; righteous, verbally and nonverbally; honest, without oversharing nor undersharing, verbally and nonverbally; honorable. Verbally and non verbally. Correct, verbally and non verbally. Upright, verbally and non verbally. Upstanding, verbally and non verbally. Good, verbally and non verbally. Decent, verbally and non verbally. Proper, verbally and non verbally. Solid, verbally and non verbally. Virtuous, verbally and non verbally. Morally excellent. Verbally and non-verbally. Ethical. Verbally and non-verbally. High-minded. I'm not talking about drugs. Nor substances. Verbally and non-verbally. Which means having strong moral principles. Verbally and non-verbally. Right-minded. Having sound views and principles. Verbally and non-verbally. Principled. Of a person or their behavior acting in accordance with morality and showing recognition of right and wrong, verbally and non-verbally. Worthy, deserving effort, attention, or respect, verbally and non-verbally. Orderly, verbally and non-verbally. Above board, legitimate, honest, and open without being inappropriate. That type of above board, verbally and non-verbally. Clean living, verbally and nonverbally verbally. Peaceable, verbally and nonverbally verbally. Peaceful, verbally and non verbally. Civilized, verbally and non verbally. Respectful, verbally and non verbally. Disciplined, verbally and non verbally. And when it comes to teenage boys, grown women should be set boundaries and rules that are healthy and wholesome, positive role models. Friendly, consistent, appropriate affection, patient, not a pushover, not a doormat. Healthy sternness when needed, appropriate sense of humor, diligence, nurturing, age appropriate. Appropriate when it comes to heart, mind, body, soul, and memories. Environmentally appropriate, socially appropriate. A protector. A corrector. A gentle guide. A person who doesn't tolerate. Disrespect of any kind. That is how grown women should treat teenage boys. Now you're probably wondering, okay, how should teenage boys treat grown women? Thank you for asking because I'm well prepared. So this is how teenage boys should treat grown women. Teenage boys should never have grown women endure objectification from them. In other words, teenage boys should never be in the act of treating a grown woman as an object, nor as a thing. Teenage boys should never have grown women endure dehumanization from them. In other words... Teenage boys should never be in the act of disavowing the humanity of grown women. Teenage boys should never have grown women endorse sexual objectification from them. In other words... Teenage boys should never be in the act of treating a grown woman as a mere object of sexual desire. (sighs) Teenage boys should never have grown women endure self-objectification from them. In other words, teenage boys should never be in the act of stimulating the objectification of the selves of grown women. Teenage boys should never have grown women endure reification from them. In other words, teenage boys should never be in the act of the objectification of the social relationships of grown women. Teenage boys should never victimize grown women with instrumentality. In other words, teenage boys never should be treating. the grown woman as a tool for their purposes. Teenage boys should never victimize grown women with denial of autonomy. In other words, teenage boys never should be treating the grown woman as lacking in autonomy and self-determination. Teenage boys should never victimize grown women with inertness. Teenage boys never should be treating the grown woman as lacking in agency and activity. Teenage boys should never victimize grown women with fungibility. In other words. Teenage boys. Never should be treating the grown woman as interchangeable with. Interchangeable with. Parentheses, other objects. Grown women are human, fully human. Teenage boys should never victimize grown women with violability. In other words, teenage boys never should be treating a grown woman as lacking in boundary, integrity, and viable. As something that is permissible to break up, smash, break into. Teenage boys should never... Cause... Those kinds of harm... To grown women. Teenage boys should never victimize... Grown women with ownership. In other words, teenage boys... Never should be treating a grown woman as though she can be owned, bought, and sold such as slavery. Boys should never victimize grown women with denial of subjectivity. In other words, Teenage boys never should be treating the grown woman as though there is no need for concern for her experiences and her feelings. Teenage boys should never victimize grown women with reduction to body. In other words, teenage boys should never dish out the treatment of a grown woman as identified with her body and her body parts. Teenage boys should never victimize grown women with reduction to appearance. In other words, teenage boys should never dish out the treatment of a grown woman. Primarily in terms of how she looks and how she appears to the senses. S-E-N-S-E-S. Teenage boys should never victimize grown women with silencing. In other words, teenage boys should never dish out the treatment of a grown woman as if she is silent, lacking the capacity to speak. Teenage boys should never victimize grown women with commodification. In other words, teenage boys should never, ever be treating a grown woman as a commodity nor an object without regard to their personality or their dignity. I'll be grammatically correct when I talk about teenage boys and grown women. Grown women should never treat teenage boys as commodity commodities nor an object. Without regard to their meaning, teenage boys' personalities, or their dignity, their meaning, teenage boys. And teenage boys should never treat grown women as commodities, nor as objects without regard to their meaning, grown women's personalities, or their meaning, grown women's dignity. Let me be even more grammatically correct. A teenage boy should never treat a grown woman as a commodity nor an object without regard to her personality and her dignity. grown woman should never treat a teenage boy as a commodity nor an object without regard to his personality and his dignity. So how should a teenage boy treat grown women? When it comes to grown women, teenage boys should be well-behaved, verbally and non-verbally. Lawful, verbally and non-verbally. Righteous, verbally and non-verbally. Honest without oversharing or undersharing, verbally and non-verbally. Honorable, verbally and non-verbally. Correct, verbally and non-verbally. Upright. Verbally and non verbally. Upstanding, verbally and non verbally. Good, verbally and non verbally. Decent, verbally and non verbally. Proper, verbally and non verbally. Solid, verbally and non verbally. Virtuous, verbally and non verbally. Morally excellent, verbally and non verbally. Ethical, verbally and non verbally. High minded, meaning having strong moral principles, verbally and non verbally. Right minded, meaning having sound views and principles, verbally and non verbally. Ethical, morally good or correct, verbally and non-verbally. Principled of a person of behavior, acting in accordance with morality and showing recognition of right and wrong, verbally and non-verbally. Worthy, deserving effort, attention and respect, verbally and non-verbally. Orderly, of a person or group, well-behaved, disciplined, verbally and non-verbally. Above board, legitimate, honest and open. Without inappropriateness, verbally, non-verbally. Clean living, verbally, non-verbally. Peaceable, verbally, non-verbally. Peaceful, verbally, non-verbally. Civilized, verbally, non-verbally. Respectful, verbally, non-verbally. Disciplined, verbally, and non-verbally. Um... Both grown women and teenage boys should be compliant to integrity. A teenage boy should be compliant to a grown woman as long as she is a servant leader to the teenage boy. And Teenage boys should be servant leaders to grown women Teenage boys should be dutiful, duteous, and obedient to grown women to grown women as long as the grown women are of Of noble character. And. And grown women and teenage boys should be dutiful, duteous, and obedient to. The nobility of character. And grown women should be pillars of inner beauty to teenage boys, and teenage boys should be pillars of inner beauty, too. And remember, teenage boys should be dutiful, duteous, and obedient to grown women as long as the grown women are noble characters. Teenage boys should be manageable and deferential to grown women as long as the grown women are... Are reputable. Reputable means having a good reputation. What does that mean? Having The genuine quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. So teenage boys and grown women Teenage boys and comes to grown women should have appropriate sense of honor abide by the healthy wholesome boundaries and rules that grown women set on teenage boys um, grown women should be teenage boys should be friendly um, patient loving compassionately towards grown women and teenage boys and grown women should be of hard work should be intuitive, there should be mutual respect. There should be reasonable communication. And they should be reasonable towards each other. They should be empath- empathetic and empathic towards each other. Um, they should be good role models to each other. They should be appropriately supportive of each other. There should be unconditional, sacrificial love and unconditional love towards each other without crossing any lines. And they should be appropriately consistent and have appropriate flexibility when it comes to each other. That's how teenage boys and grown women should treat each other. I'm not saying that I victimized grown women when it came to the statutory rapes that those particular grown women had me endure. I was speaking in general of how ideally and logically how grown women... And teenage boys should conduct themselves verbally, non-verbally when it comes to each other. So I just wanted to focus on the growing teenage boys since I talked about statutory rapes that occurred to me. And. I also. I wanted to mention that um, I read that passage about four or five years ago, and it has been in my heart consciously and subconsciously in my daily thought patterns ever since. You're probably wondering What happened to those Particular grown women Um Some I mean Actually I heard nothing but horror stories Um Some ended up In prison It's very similar to what happened to me When I was five Um Some went to prison And This is my flashbacks comes in very first time. I'm trying to remember how many went to prison. I think a lot of them went to prison because they were caught with other Teenage boys. How did I notice? People that knew them that saw me. With them in terms of. Entering their home with them. that That I was cordial to told me everything that happened. Um, they were sentenced to decades in prison. Um, from what I was told. Um, the rest... of the women. Well, most of them went to prison. I just remembered that most of them are serving 50-plus years in prison because it turns out they were serial rapists of teenage boys. And the rest were killed um, because the families were so angry at the women for... Raping their the teenage boys that were their relatives That they, before trial Took matters into their own hands And gunned them down And um, that's what I was taught And um, Parents were, ended up well, extended family and the parents um, are still in prison for that. But they got lesser time than the serial rapist, statutory rapist women. And uh, you are wondering, okay, did anybody know what happened to me? Because they did not Act in a way that was suspicious. Nobody thought that something happened to me because I was barely around. And when I was around, the women acted very professional around me, but they were not that same way when it came to the other boys. And the reason why that is because the statutory rapist women felt like with me um, based on what I, you know with me, I'm thinking they probably felt like because for the most part Antonio's not available um, eventually he would tell what happened so with me, they acted very professional when, these, when other people around, meaning their relatives and their colleagues were around. Sometimes their colleagues stopped by the house, the colleagues they were cool with. With the teenage boys, the teenage boys were available to them at their beck and call every time they wanted to rape the teenage boys because teenage boys had no adult supervision at all they had they raped them the most and raped me the least so because of that eventually they were caught all kinds of places um caught them in their homes uh caught them in their cars in parking lots Caught them in the malls. I mean... It was that bad. After a while, they... Stopped trying to hide it. Uh, you know, so much. And... Started being more open with it. And... You know, they... Uh, ended up with their... The maximum jail sentences... And, um, the families were so mad that they out of out of out of pain they in anger they just killed them themselves, the few that were remaining um again. And no no one thought... Because the, I was barely around, they barely remembered me. The people they saw the most, they remembered. The people that they didn't, they very rarely saw, which was me. They didn't really have any memory of me. And, um... So, that's what occurred. Um... These flashbacks just came to my mind As we were talking So sometime, There were times where I was doing episodes And the flashbacks would just come And you would hear me correcting What I remember earlier And the flashbacks had become more Sequential and consequential Um The gr- the statutory rapist women Were naked Whenever they raped me And they had me naked with them And from what I was told The grown women Had the teenage boys naked And the grown women were naked Too So It is Pure evil For Grown women to sexualize teenage boys. It's pure evil for grown women to want to do porn star. Sexual behavior, verbally, non-verbally, to teenage boys too, because that happened to me and the other teenage boys when I was told.